Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. This is the John Oakley Show podcast. Should businesses face a cash crunch in the short term, they can easily access credit to bridge to better times. We will work with our financing crown corporations through the business credit availability program to protect jobs and to be there for businesses. I was a prime minister earlier today announcing a $1 billion fund to help Canadians cope with the spread of COVID-19. $500 million going to the provinces and territories for critical health care system needs and to support mitigation efforts as needed. Uh, that does include also looking at some uh, businesses and employers, you know, having to... Uh, assess the situation with their own employees. So EI will be waived, or at least the uh, waiting period for EI, and uh, you can collect immediately if you've got to go into a quarantine or whatever the situation. That all being said, against that backdrop, of course, that is the predominant story today, COVID-19, where the World Health Organization declared it a pandemic now. So the ante's been upped, I guess, uh, certainly to many minds. Uh, joining us with our Topics Worthy of Discussion panel Ernie Eves, a former Premier of Ontario. John Turley Ewart, risk management consultant specializing in capital markets with extensive experience on Bay and Wall Streets. And Dan Moulton, senior consultant in Crestview Strategies Toronto office. He's a liberal strategist and media commentator. Gents, all thank you for coming in, braving uh, the inevitable or whatever it is. Uh, so I appreciate that very much. Ernie, i got to start with you, though, on this matter, because the province is also earmarking $100 million. I mean, this is something that now has everybody's attention. Uh, how would you assess, though, the government's response provincially and especially federally with this $1 billion fund? Well, I think it's needed. I guess the main question would be, is it going to be enough? And I don't think we know the answer to that yet. I mean, we saw the U.S. was about $8.2 or $3 billion. They've approved, Congress has approved, and the president has agreed. Um, yet, on the other hand, you have some other countries like Japan, and the UK is spending much more money than we're spending. Um, and I think it's all relevant to the number of cases you currently have. I mean, right now, as of this morning, I think uh, Canada was at 101 cases and the US was just over 1,000. Right. So that would be about the right percentage for yeah. our population compared to theirs. But really, North America so far, touch wood, has fared fairly well compared to some European, European nations and some uh, Asian patients. Uh, Nations, especially bordering on the Pacific, like All right. China. But, but the right. assistance to, uh, for example, employers, uh, because if people have to isolate, self-isolate, uh, they would get help, if I understand correctly, in terms of, you know, a missing employee, and that employee gets to draw EI immediately. Good idea? Well, I, yeah, I guess it's a good idea, except that a lot, I mean, I don't know how they're going to minister this. A lot of people work, can, can work from home doing their job. They, they can operate from home. Others cannot. So I think it depends on whether uh, companies and employers decide that they have to lay people off, uh, for, at least for the time being. And if that's the case, then obviously those people should be entitled to some sort of 
yeah, compensation. They, they, they also did extend some of the programs that are in place to support employers, employees and employers that uh, do have to lay off employees. So there was an extension of those benefits today as well. I, I do think, John, this is necessary. It certainly speaks to uh, the public health concern around how do we stop the spread of this virus. It's pretty clear from public health officials. The only way to do that is by isolating yourself, by social distancing, as they call it, which I think is an odd term, but uh, that, that's sort of the, the approach, right? And so I think the government stepped in today and said, we're going to make sure that there are backstops for people that need to do that. The challenge, of course, is, you know, we're lucky in this country. A lot of people can take sick days. Uh, they have paid sick days, um, unlike south of the border, where it's a, a bit shorter supply. The question is for people here that that are, are feeling less comfortable taking sick days, feel less entitled to take sick days, feel like they have less uh, employer support in those areas. You know, it's a, a good signal from the government today. I think we need to see probably more from provincial governments to step up and say uh, they're going to be there as well. They're going to expand benefits for people that might need to stay home and isolate away from uh, their workplace because it's the only way we're going to stop the spread of the virus. Yeah, the provinces are getting $500 million of the billion, by the way, provinces and territories. To your point, Dan, uh, Justin Trudeau did go on to say, quote, no one should have to worry about their job if they have to be quarantined, and no employer should feel they have to lay off a worker because of the virus. We need to make sure that everyone's given the tools they need, and he added that Ottawa's ready to do more as needed. Well, I hope they are, because uh, the package they put forward today, frankly, I was quite disappointed in. I mean, there's no doubt we need to focus on health care and we need to find a solution to that. But if you compare what the U.K. is, is spending versus what we're spending, so uh, per person in, in the U.K., they're spending roughly $800. In Canada, 27 Think about that. 27 bucks. And what the U.K. is looking at is not just obviously the disease, the virus, but also the economic impact and trying to ensure that the country doesn't go into recession. And, and they stepped forward, and I think uh, Boris Johnson reflected the seriousness of this from an economic point of view. I don't think we saw that from Trudeau today. Uh, I was, again, disappointed uh, to see him uh, provide a measly $27 per each Canadian uh, to try and deal with this. Uh, when you talk about, uh, you know, the economy, there's a lot of people who, uh, you know, will simply not be able to go to work, not because they're sick, but because there's no demand for their service or product. Those are the people who need support right away. Well, how do you support well, them? Sorry, John. You go ahead. No, I was going to say, I don't think we're there yet. I, I, I understand what you're saying, John, in terms of the fact that there is an economic impact here that has to be addressed by governments. But I also don't think it helps to have our leaders out there uh, crying wolf a little too early in this process. There's a political reality that Boris Johnson is dealing with in that this virus is affecting his country and his economy differently uh, and, and than it is here, certainly. Uh, but there's also the fact that he delivered his budget today, right? And so he had to, in that uh, very significant document, uh, try and deliver some assurance to the economy and to his people in a way that I think we're going to see in the federal budget, which is in two weeks' time, we'll probably see additional measures and the things that you're looking for are going to be spoken to. But I think if the Prime Minister went out this morning, lit his hair on fire and, and, and went crazy, I think we, we, we would probably be responding. That's not going You'd crazy. And remember, this isn't just about the virus. It's also about the price of oil and the people in Alberta, right? You have pipelines that are, that are going to become useless because they can't ship oil because it makes no money. So you're saying we can't necessarily separate these two things, this confluence of a perfect storm that's being visited upon no, us? No, we can't. There's no, to me, in order to get back financial stability, there's no doubt that we need to find some kind of resolution to this virus, a vaccine, uh, some kind of resolution to it. But on the other hand, what we also have to remember is it's got an, inter, uh, an economic impact that could drive us into recession, and that's what we want to avoid. That's why we want to have... Fiscal stimulus. I think that's why you saw Boris Johnson 
act today. Now, the reason Boris Johnson could act so quickly compared to, for example, the United States is because they have a parliamentary system where you're the prime minister, you have your cabinet, and you can get things done. We have the same one in Canada. And I would say that the prime minister was too, too slow today. And, and recognizing the economic impact, waiting to the end of the month doesn't give assurance to, uh, you know, people who are working in the oil patch, people in Ontario who are dependent on the oil patch, people who are watching, uh, you know, activities, tourism, all that kind of stuff fade. And you have to wait another couple of weeks to find out what the prime minister is going to do, what kind of fiscal stimulus package we're going to get. To me, that's that's not right. Well, Ernie, as a former finance minister in a province, I mean, are these the exigencies that you address? I mean, if something happens, you know, ahead of a budget by a couple of weeks, you you still, I mean, you don't just change the numbers on the budget and say we'll reveal this thing as it's supposed to be early April, I guess, that they're coming out with. Uh, would you have preferred some kind of pronouncement from the prime minister today? Well, I think that uh, I think John has a point. Uh, but you don't really know what the magnitude of the problem in Canada is going to be yet. But better to have be too prepared than not be prepared enough, I would say. You usually have a contingency aspect of your budget, you know, where you have a good 5% of your budget at least set aside as a rainy day fund in case there are extraordinary expenditures during the year. When you're talking a few hundred billion dollars, that's pretty substantial. Um, so you could use that money, of course, and you could let it be known that that money was going to be available. And then we, you know, I don't want to be too political about this because this is not a political subject, really, in my opinion. But that's why when the economy is going great, you balance the books, you put money aside so that you have money to spend. Uh, and this federal government hasn't chosen to do that, despite the fact that they promised in the 15 election aid balance the books by the end of their first term. They just continued on to run up huge deficits while the economy was rolling along great. Now, when the economy has a problem, when you want to run up a deficit, you're kind of limited as to what you can do unless you're going to have massive deficits because you didn't pay attention to business when time was... Well, maybe good. that's the question. I mean, uh, can we afford not to go deeper into debt? Some economists are saying there's still some wiggle room there. I mean, uh, debt to GDP and all the rest, we can increase that rather substantially, actually, is what I'm reading. So uh, I was taken aback by that. But, Dan, do you think that uh, if it comes to that and Morneau has to say uh, maybe another $10, $20 billion deeper into deficit, that's manageable? Well, I, certainly the federal government has the room to do that. I, I, there, are, there are elements of what Ernie's had to say that I agree with. I think uh, revenues in this country from a federal standpoint and a provincial standpoint are, are too low and they need to be addressed, particularly during times of economic excess. Uh, we're, we're perhaps entering a, a period in which that's not the case, and governments will have to intervene and stimulate the economy. Certainly from the federal government's fiscal perspective, uh, they are on sound fundamentals to be able to do that. Uh, they have been running a deficit. I, I, I would ideologically disagree with that decision, but that's a different story. They, they do have the debt-to-GDP ratio uh, room to be able to, to stimulate. And so if we do enter a period of recession, uh, they will be able to do that. Where I disagree with, with John's points earlier is that I think you've got to wait and assess whether or not we're actually in a position that merits that kind of intervention yet. We certainly saw the market slide on Monday, but that was as much because of uh, the, the oil crisis as it was to do with the spread of this virus. And so we, I think we need to wait until we see what the economic impact looks like, the toll it's taking on our economy, and then make determinations about the kind of intervention the government should be undertaking But, but John's argument growth. basically is uh, the two working in concert are uh, wreaking havoc on the Canadian economy and certainly out west. And you're saying there ought to be some lifeline extended. Well, we don't to know the... that yet. No, we do know that. Absolutely. No, we don't. We don't know that Of course yet. we do. 
It costs them $32 to produce a barrel. Right. It's not economically feasible. Well, certainly in Alberta, there is a there is a struggle. I, I have no doubt. I wish the Alberta government had left itself more fiscal room to be able to intervene to address but that's, that issue. But see, this is where you have to stand up as a, as a prime minister of Canada and understand the impact it's having on all Canadians. It's not just Alberta. Newfoundland is staring bankruptcy in the face. Like, we've got real problems in this country. And right now, we've got it added to with this uh, virus and the oil war that's going on. And so if you say we don't know what the impact is, every single day you can add up the billions of dollars in lost revenue that are piling up across the country because of this, this slack in the economy, this destruction of demand. It is known. It's not a mystery. And you're saying uh, it warrants some serious stimulus package uh, sooner rather than later, like yesterday. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.